All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to jump right into part two of The Son of Sam. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, actually, before we get started, if you want to read this, Nicole, this first one there, can you see it? Mescaline is a French word for mixture of leafy greens. Mescaline, which is what I said, is a psychedelic drug derived from a cactus. All right. I love it. So we're both right. No, I said mescaline. This is mescaline. I'm right again. Well, I knew I was right. I'm I'm always right. (laughs) But you got called out. That's what that is. You were mescaline. (laughs) Mescaline is the psychedelic drug. Mescaline. Is the mixture of leafy greens. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, it's not I, tomato. I say we're both right. No, it's not tomato, tomato, because tomato and tomato are spelled the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just say tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> These are not spelled the same. Uh, it was a valiant effort, Nicole. So David Berkowitz lived in Brooklyn, New York, and he uh, is known for killing six people. And one second, Yonkers, New York, not Brooklyn. Oh, He's killed me. one person in Brooklyn. Oh, excuse me. By remembered kind of. Okay, so he's from Yonkers. He is killing people in New York. He's killed six people, mostly couples. He targets Lover's Lane, a couple couples on Lover's Lane, and he uses a 44 caliber. <sighs> Shot 43 caliber. What's it called? 43. 44. <laughs> Do they make 43s? No. No. He just, the way he looked at me, I thought he, he was going to. He uses gonna... a 44.72689. <laughs> he uses a 44 caliber. Um, He's called the 44, the 44 caliber, caliber killer. killer before he was called Son of Sam. He only was called Son of Sam after he gave himself that moniker. In the right. letter in which it was Looney Tune. He, he, he was, was a Looney Tune. Yeah. Well, um, I was like, what is Looney Tune? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that was pretty close. I need to preface this episode before we start. And uh, if you guys are want, we're not doing shots or anything, right? No. I think no, if we're yeah. not doing it on video. And we, I got to uh, pick up my parents from the airport. So. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Okay. Well, perhaps you need it. No. no I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do have some liquor at home. So. There you go. We're just drinking regular beer today. It's a mm-hmm. Saturday morning in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Well, if, it's, it's two o'clock. It's acceptable to drink beer right now. Yeah. yeah. I Don't didn't sleep, judge I, me. I didn't fall asleep till five last night, so I'm tired as shit. Five a.m. In this morning, you mean? So anyway, if this is your first episode, then I don't know why, because we released a part two on the Son of Sam. So go listen to that. Just to recap, we talked about David Berkowitz, the book that I actually read for this. Well, there, I've read three books for this, actually. But the, the main one that we used for last week's story was called The Son of Sam. And it was by Lawrence Klausner, I believe his name was. He was blessed by the mayor of New York to write the definitive guide. And I want to say, as I started reading the other publications, I may should have not put so much faith in Dave Berkowitz being the sole shooter. Anyway, my name is John. If you um, want to see the photos, videos, and sources, go to talkmore.com and click on the Dave Berkowitz, the David Berkowitz, uh, Son of Sam blog post and follow along with us there. All right. So a lot of you probably have already watched the Netflix 
documentary series. It's right there on the homepage, The Sons of Sam. And that is a conspiracy. I don't really fully know if I buy. However, we're doing the David Berkowitz story, which claims that David Berkowitz is the killer of six and and he maimed several others, too. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it at all, but I know about it. And actually, the book, one of the books that we're reading from, is, and if you want to read the book, that book itself is, I don't know, like 600 pages. I wouldn't recommend it because a lot of it is conjecture on the author's part. And apparently the author was kind of a enigmatic. Anyway, the book I would read that kind of um, is kind of a summation of the ultimate evil book by Maury Terry is the son of is the son of Sam and me. The truth about why I wasn't shot by David Berkowitz by Carl De Niro. And the crime writer is Brian Whitney. He's a pretty big crime writer. Mm. This is the summation of that. They were friends. I'm talking about the guy Carl De Niro here who did get shot. I know the book says why I wasn't shot. This premise is he was shot, but he believes it wasn't David Berkowitz. So a multiple shooter theory. And mm. that's where the ultimate evil comes in on Netflix. That's what huh. it's going to be about. That's what that whole thing is. And the book Ultimate Evil, and I haven't watched the Netflix thing, but he connects the Son of Sam shootings to Manson in California huh. and all those murders. It is out there and honestly, I don't buy ninety percent of it. Even with this book, and this guy was actually shot by the Son of Sam, which we'll talk about. And he has a metal plate in his head and everything else. Oof. And he he doesn't believe that he was shot by the Son of Sam. And, you know, I, I do feel for this guy because, you know, this is 40 something years later and he still hasn't got closure. Mm. David Berkowitz, which we're going to talk about, who is still alive, serving six life sentences, uh, refuses still to talk about it. But he has claimed in two interviews, which I can link to talkmore.com, we're not going to play them, but that there were multiple shooters. And apparently huh. the other shooters who we are going to mention tonight died a very violent death within the year after this. Uh, huh. One of them was shot in the face with a shotgun. Whoa. So uh, it's a conspiracy as the Sons of Sam. It was a, a satanic cult. It goes really deep. Okay. Huh. But uh, the reason I'm prefacing this like mm -hmm. this, because remember last episode, we were talking about a psychosis, which we're going to talk a lot of, about. But the mm -hmm. Son of Sam book outlays the entire story as if David is in some kind of psychotic state, like he is mentally deranged. Does right. that make sense? And if you look at the conspiracy, it almost seems that if the, the conspiracy is true and David wasn't insane and he was part of the cult, the the crime writer for the Son of Sam book, the ultimate guide who was blessed by the mayor. Mm hmm. Now it kind of makes you think, well, why did the mayor give them all this access? And like, why did they want the story to be the story it came out to be? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That this crazy nut had orders from a dog kind of shit. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. But anyway, I, I, am I dragging on? No, no, no it's interesting. It's, yeah. So anyway, we're going to get started. Last week, we talked about two murders and the stabbings, which happened 
before the murders, there were two. Only one we know for a fact, but the two murders we talked about, Donna Loria, which was the first of the Son of Sam killings, mm-hmm. and Valentina and her boyfriend Alexander, which happened a block away from her house and three blocks away from where the first murder happened, mm-hmm. Donna uh, Loria. Remember, and yep. Jody Valentina, she was shot. And then her, her dad, dad came yeah. out. Yeah, her dad mm-hmm. came out. Um, jo- jo- Jody actually gets out of the car. And after uh, Donna was shot and right as her dad is coming down, Donna's dad is coming down the stairs and out the door with the dog. Jody opens the door. And, and I, I learned this fact from this book we're reading now, which I just read. She opens the door and Donna's body slumps out right Ugh. in front of her father, which Jeez. was it's just terrible. And it is a, it's a really terrible crime. Either way, David Berkowitz is involved in all of the crimes, even if he wasn't the sole shooter. Honestly, I don't know. But we know he at least killed three. And David himself admitted that there were other shooters. But I mean, huh. who knows? This guy is, I mean, you know, was also hearing voices in his head. So that was he, though, so. that, that's what the ultimate evil Netflix is going to kind of go mm-hmm. into. It's like, was he hearing voices or was it all just a staged and and I'm going to get into this in a second, but hmm. the reason for this whole thing is this cult, which is a part of the Manson cult, which uh-huh. we're going to get into. Oh, boy. It's a, it's a uh, church called uh, the Process. Uh, Pro- I can't remember the full name. I'll get to it in a second. But that church wanted to shut down New York, and they did. They, they were deciding on what to do. Like, like the inn shut down by... Shut down like COVID shut down the country. No one's going out. Everyone's living in fear. Restaurants are shut down. They actually, the conspiracy is the satanic cult, the 22 disciples from hell is what they're called, were, and and David Berkowitz was a foot soldier. I know this is deep and it may not be true, but I I just got to preface this because people were watching Netflix like, what the fuck? Like, he's not talking about any of this. (laughs) <laughs> the if it they, is they, yeah, exactly they're going to be like what if it is true this cult and David Berkowitz being a foot soldier the lowest of low mm-hmm. okay uh, some order some some master up high mm-hmm. and in uh, this book and in Maury Terry's Ultimate Evil his name is Mister Real Estate anyway this the top guy wanted to shut down New York and they were trying to figure out the best ways to do it okay. And, and they decided killer. to do the shootings. Hmm. So, but there's no proof to any of this. So I, I'm just saying, when you watch the Netflix series, it's going to be completely different than what I'm presenting. Because I'm presenting the case as in David Berkowitz was uh, a, soul a maniac, soul shooter, and he got his orders from a dog. That's what I'm presenting tonight. Okay. But I don't want y'all to be watching Netflix and be like, what the fuck? That's totally different. Because it is some, completely yeah, different. Yeah, some people are yeah. going to okay. only know what they would see on Netflix and not know there's what the David Barker It's yeah. like when people don't read the book that goes along with the movie before right. they watch the movie. Like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to read the book first as best I can. For I you, just, I don't know. I have a hard time reading. For you Patreon people out there, we are also recording today The Son of Sam. Remember I said David Berkowitz is still alive? Right. The book is called The Son of Sam from, well, From Son of Sam to Son of Hope. 
This guy is apparently a Christian. This book made me physically ill. I was outside when I read it, reading, riding the bike, as I do my exercise bike, reading this. I actually got sick. Um, You puked? Almost. My stomach, I was so friggin' pissed off about this. Not, Not anything about anyone's religion, but dude, this guy is apparently born anew and all his sins were washed away however they're real family members that are suffering still because this asshole decides to shoot all their kids does that make sense right crazy Uh, yeah so and anyway this roxanne toriello which we're going to talk about they form if you read this book it's like they form some kind of weird sexual thing. It's weird. They talk about nibbling popcorn together. I, Ew! I, I'm going to get into it. It's fucking disgusting. The word nibble yeah. is... Does anyone actually nibble popcorn? Because the only acceptable <laughs> way to eat popcorn for me is to like, shove handfuls into my mouth. Yeah. But if if you want to uh, listen to this episode we're going to do for Patreon, it's it's... It, it made me sick. This is the only book that's really ever made me sick. Um, before we get started, I got a message from Rachel on my Facebook Messenger, one oh, of yeah. our Supremos, and she was laughing so hard because when you were talking during the last episode about the crabs, sat- no, the satanic oh. cult <laughs> that they they were looking, they were saying there was they were sacrificing kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the the, day, the daycare. And thing? then you said they were looking for goat carcasses. Yeah. Well, kids. <laughs> Is the term for baby goats. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, what? So baby goats are called kids. Did I get it wrong? No, no, but I didn't even connect the two. And she was like, I was like, oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So she she had a good laugh about it. That so, is a crazy awesome. fucking time period. And that's the time period here, too. So if you think satanic, I mean, I, I can't remember what daycare it was, but Janet Reno actually put a lot of people in prison, and there's one person still in fucking prison today. I forgot his name. Still in prison today for some satanic bullshit that has never happened. Damn. He's been in there for like 40 years. He didn't do anything. They were saying that they would take these kids out during the day. You take your kids or goats? Your little, (laughs) no, your kid. You drop your snot nosed little brat off. Child. You drop your snot nosed little child off at this daycare. And the devil worshiper daycare owner and the staff all get in a bus, go down to the ocean, and they they do blood rituals with sharks and sacrifice children. I mean, it's just insane. And people just believed it without even looking. I mean, they just ran with it. So we're going to go to the second shooting, which happened October 23rd, 1976. This is at 2.30 a.m. And... None of these victims were killed, but Rosemary Keenan and Carl DeNaro were both injured. Rosemary being very slightly injured. And that is what this book is about right here. The second shooting. Exactly. So I kind of want to uh, go over exactly. And this is his words exactly of what he went through. Now, he does not believe that David Berkowitz shot him. However, it is attributed to David Berkowitz. Like that's. What the police report says, and not only that, that's what David Berkowitz is serving time for, not just his, you know, shooting, but it's all in one. There was no other shooters. So on October 23rd, 1976, this guy, Carl De Niro, which was a huge hippie, and Mm -hmm. everyone was 
you know, wondering why he joined the Air Force and he was going to go, sh- you know, get shipped off. In fact, when he got shot, the detectives badgered him because they thought it was a drug related thing. He huh. did throw an ounce of weed out of his car. And that's why he didn't want to talk to police to begin with. Got it. And but he's sitting in a car, a VW Bug, which belongs to Rosemary Keenan. Now, both of these victims here survived. But on October 23rd, 1976, about 2.30 a.m., he says that they were sitting at a bar and the car exploded from what he knows. He got shot in the back of the head. All right, so we're going to actually be reading his own words about how this happened. Just joined the Air Force. He was out on one of his last times partying with his friends, huge hippie. And he actually attributed, and I didn't think about this at the time, but there were a couple of male victims, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He, at the time, in the hippie era, he had long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. So in the dark, maybe David Berkowitz or whoever Ah, his shooter was was thought it was a lady. And that was a good, interesting point he brought up there, because in the dark, especially... You don't know. Right. And David Berkowitz or whoever the shooter was always went up to the passenger side window. And a lot, just like a lot of these survivors, they didn't know they were shot. Uh, one of the survivors said someone threw a rock into the window. You would think that with a forty four cal, like it would kill you. Well, it's because the windows. It's crazy. The windows are a huge deflector in that. And plus, David Berkowitz is firing in the dark. The windows of the VW exploded around me while the glass sprayed over the interior of the car. I looked down and saw my hands were bleeding, filled with tiny shards of glass, gleaming in the dim light. I had no idea what had happened. I didn't recall hearing a gun go off. In fact, I wasn't even aware that I was shot, but there was one thing I knew. We were in trouble. He didn't feel any pain, huh? Well, so during... Now, this is before the forty four caliber was even linked, you know? So... The detectives were badgering him. And in fact, what's crazy about this is the detective that actually came into his hospital and threatened to put him in jail as he's getting uh, fixed up because they they claim that he knew who did this and he wouldn't rat on his friends, which he didn't. Obviously, it was yeah. David Berkowitz and and David Berkowitz claims that he didn't shoot him. Anyway, hmm. this guy, Rosemary Keenan, was the daughter of Detective Keenan, who was who came to do the case, oh, to yeah. research case, which I, I think is a conflict of interest, but I, I don't know. A little know. bit. So even today, Carl De Niro has a metal plate in his head, and he was talking about when he looks down, if he looks straight, he can see everything, but when he looks down, I think his left or right eye, well, I guess his right eye, his vision is just blocked off. Mm-hmm. It's like a big black box there, kind of mm. crazy. But he was the second one shot, and... This is before they knew anything. Now, after he was shot and he shows up for his civil suit after David Berkowitz was arrested is when he found out that there may be more than one shooter Uh because the attorney, not his attorney, but one of the other victims said was, you know, basically yelling at the judge saying, hey, there's David Berkowitz was not the shooter of this one. There was other shooters because here's how it works. If there's one shooter, David Berkowitz they take all of his, however much he has in the bank, all of his net worth, you know, kind of like Todd Colehab, they took all of his money and they yeah. dis- disseminate it to the victims. Right. Right. However, if there's more, which a lot of people, even back then, claimed there was 
at least three shooters. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And the, anyway, that is when he found out, wait, wait David Berkowitz didn't shoot me? Who shot me? And it turned out from this guy, from this guy's belief and from what David Berkowitz said to him, because he they've been writing and, and back and forth in prison, it wasn't David, but a either an Amy, which is a female, or another female, quote, big-breasted Wendy, end quote. This Who was also a shooter. Was also a shooter. This is a satanic cult, the 22 Disciples of Hell, and the, the two women were a part of that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so if David Berkowitz, Berkowitz was a foot soldier, he would know these people then. Yeah, but most of the people are dead now. I, I'm going to lay out all the reasons when we do the Ultimate Evil episode that he, this guy, and Maury Terry believe that David Berkowitz wasn't the only shooter. And the biggest one being, there were, and you guys said the other day, you know, none of these sketches None of the ten or whatever true. look anything like him. Very, very different. Very different. I wonder though if you if I can add in another little piece of uh Potent- like- potential. Like if they knew that David Berkowitz, like he wasn't he wasn't worth a lot. So it could the lawyer have been like it wasn't David Berkowitz because like there it was a financial gain. Interesting point. Huh? I was thinking that too, actually. Like, were, were, do you think the 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 victims were like, no, it wasn't him. There were it was another shooter because there was not a lot of financial gain in it being only David Berkowitz. Um, no, and that's a really good. I see what you're saying. That's a really good point. There's some there's some really strong evidence that says that David Berkowitz wasn't the only shooter. The timeline for one case that we're going to talk about doesn't add up at all and uh like how like the two shootings at one time david wasn't in the area during one shooting well that's problematic but only (laughs) yeah so but that these timelines are relative there no one had cell phones like i mean if you say 210 in the morning it may be 230 a.m in the morning when you got shot you don't know plus the the sketches okay that happens all the time Look at the Golden State Killer. Right. There's plenty of sketches that look nothing like him. Plus, it's 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, and these are in pretty dark areas. Okay, so I can see that. Another one that he says is a lot of people, they, a lot of witnesses saw other people running from the park. Well, if, you know, at 2 a.m. there's gunshots, you're going to see my ass running, too. Yeah. yeah. Even though I didn't shoot anyone. So, yeah, you're trying to get away from the shooting. But we're covering this story as if David Berkowitz shot all six, okay? And we did spend some interesting time talking about his childhood mm-hmm. um, and some very tragic things that yeah, happened there. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, his childhood, according to him, and that's the only good reason to read this book here between him and this other lady, is that, I mean, this book is fucking disgusting. Trust me, it is disgusting. <laughs> if you if you want to see how I truly feel, read my Amazon review of this. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, it is disgusting, but it does answer some good questions. Like, David does open up about his childhood. He does see monsters, according to yeah. him. And if he's a born-again Christian, I mean, this guy, David Berkowitz, can, in any situation, bring up a Bible verse. So, I mean, obviously, he reads a lot of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It may be because he's just in prison 
you know, and that's a jailhouse religion. But, you know, there's no doubt about it that he knows a lot of it. So if he is a born again Christian, let's say he is, Mm -hmm. then he wouldn't be lying about stuff. You know, he he said there's other shooters. There's other shooters. He says when he was a kid, he saw monsters and he would lock himself in his closet uh, for hours on end. He also said, as I talked about last episode, that the parents, Nat and Pearl Berkowitz, were extremely nice parents, adoptive parents. They gave him the best of everything, best childhood, toys, everything he could want. So it was a, it was more of a mental issue. And I, and I do believe he has a mental issue. Oh, because no question. I don't know if you can actually write letters like that and not be anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's talk about David Berkowitz psychosis as if he really does have mental uh, problems. I would assume that he does. So David Berkowitz moves to 174 Caligny Avenue. This is this house right here. Now, David is not living here by himself. If you see this little uh, frog. frog, is that what they're called? Frog mm-hmm. guest um, house little thing. Now this is a new Rochelle. He moves there in 1976. Now this is when it truly starts. Keep these names in mind. Approaching this episode as if David is mentally deranged. No conspiracies whatsoever. Kay. That's how we're approaching it. All right. His landlady, Nan Kassara, N-A-N-N Kassara, and Jack Kassara. 62 years old and 65 years old, respectively, right? Kassara has owned a German shepherd that would bark and howl. And if you want to read this quote by David Berkowitz. David Berkowitz says, The demons never stopped. I couldn't sleep. I had no strength to fight. I could barely drive. Coming home from work one night, I almost killed myself in the car. I needed sleep. I started to fall asleep on my job. I almost got fired. The demons wouldn't give me any peace. Yeah, I also haven't gotten sleep. After three months, he moves away from Caligny Avenue because he could not stand the demons anymore. And not only that, he moves here after... Remember his dad goes down to Florida and leaves him all alone? Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. David Berkowitz goes down to Florida, visits his dad, goes back or goes to Texas buys this 44 caliber bulldog. Okay. Comes back and moves into this place with his nice older couple, which he believes are a part of Satan's forces. Now, approaching this from him having mental problems, he not believes this, but he lives this. He does stay up all night And these dogs aren't just barking because they see a raccoon or they want to smell each other's butts. They're trying to conjure up other demons from the underworld and Uh. and get him. Does that make sense? And these demons... When the dogs are being bad, yes, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And these demons just so happen to be the monsters that killed his adoptive mother. This is what David Berkowitz says. If you want to read that next quote. When I moved into the Casaras, they seemed very nice and quiet, but they tricked me. They lied. They said they were good people and they were lying. I thought that they were members of the human race. They weren't. 
Suddenly, the Kassaras began to show up with demons. They began to howl and cry out, blood and death. They called out the names of their masters, the blood monster, John Wheaties, General Jack Cosmo. I was only able to sleep an hour a night. Who's John Wheaties? Okay. All right. From that quote, from Cereal what he just maker. said. Right. The From these two people, remember this. Number one, who is Jack, General Jack Cosmo? I don't know. I just thought of Cosmo Kramer. Yeah. But who who was the I landlord? I was thinking of Jack's Cosmic Dogs. Who's, whose Cassar- house were they living in? Jack Cassar's. Jack Cassar's house. So General Jack Cosmo, this guy, this old ass dude that has... That just let David in, and they were wondering why he didn't come back for his $200 security deposit when he left. Like, just a nice couple. This Jack Kassara is Jack, General Jack Cosmo, the leader of the satanic forces. Okay, In this, his this, mind. Got in it. his mind, okay. upstairs, when this nice old couple was down there quilting and... You know, and watching the Weather Channel, he's up there stewing in his own minds, thinking that General Jack Cosmo is downstairs with John Wheaties. Well, (laughs) he doesn't know John Wheaties yet. That's going to come into play. But he is thinking that these guys are plotting against him. So very paranoid at this point. Okay. Okay. Now, he couldn't sleep. So he moves away quickly. Without even telling the the Kassaras, they were actually wondering why he didn't come back and get his $200 security deposit. Now, he moves into 35 Pine Street, which is where he is going to live from now on. And this is where, not a neighbor, but uh, a block over, a family lives, the Cars, C-A-R-R-S. They own a telephone answering service. If you watch The Ultimate Evil, Sam Carr, and even according to the victim, Carl DeNaro, Sam Carr is 100% involved in the shootings. Okay. His sons were the two other shooters, and they were both murdered within a year. Hmm. If you buy that. Okay. It is a pretty compelling theory, but anyway, let's bypass that. Sam Carr had a large black Labrador, which his, you know, the dog, that's the dog, the demon dog, the, the one that commanded David to kill. Okay. okay. Son of Sam. Exactly. Now, on May 13th, David Berkowitz throws a Molotov cocktail into Sam Carr's backyard trying to kill the dog. The dog would just bark, 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 bark. David's a block away in his apartment just thinking this dog is conjuring Satan. Mm-hmm. And he can't get away from it. That dog obviously was communicating with the Kassaras, and now he knows where David lives now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. The He was communicating with the dog of the Kassaras? Or like... And they the were? dogs, yeah, and, and General Jack Cosmo, the uh, old man. David Berkowitz says this. When I met General Cosmo, he looked like an average man, but he was deceptive. After I got my stuff moved, he let loose his demons in the yard. They tore my head off. All right, so at this point, he is not sleeping at all. They called up to me from the yard. They came into my head. They told me what they were. Demons. Who Jack was. General Jack Cosmo. General of his of this region of demons. He wanted people to die. That's it. Pretty simple. The demons needed blood. The feeling of killing innocent people. The feeling of killing and defying God. 
It is war. They're still battling, still fighting. They need that blood. I never needed or wanted blood. But after I shot someone, the demons would move in and feast. That's pretty deep. Now, in the last attempt to release himself from Jack and Jack, uh, General Jack Cosmo and his wife, Nancy Cosmo, which is Nan, he moves to Yonkers, 35 Pine Street, April 15th. 1976. The apartment's still there. It's now 42 Pine Street, if you look it up. And this is now when he starts killing. Exactly. This is now when he starts killing. Yeah. So the reason he claims that he's killing both men and women is because General Jack Cosmo and his wife, Nancy Cosmo, which was the Caseras, they were married and they were looking for action and they wanted sex with dead victims. So he's going to shoot someone in a car and the demons which they're, you know, the old people, but they can, I don't know, project did, themselves. Let me just be clear. This couple did not actually want to have sex with dead people. This is a no. this the, is projection this of is them in his David Berkowitz's projection of yeah, them. Yeah, this, couple, okay. this couple's like... Just, just triple checking. This couple, when this came out, was probably like, what? Huh? Little David said what? <laughs> you know, yeah, they had no fucking idea. Now, the cars, I don't know, but the Caseras, the first place he lived... Had no idea, mm. especially, I mean, maybe they are the General Jack Cosmo and we're just all huh. not seeing it. But anyway, if you want to read this. When the soul of a victim leaves the body, the demons are right there. They snatch the souls and take them to the attic of 316 Warburton Avenue to 18 and 22 Wicker Streets. Holiday Inn for demons. They chain the souls and have sex with them forever. The demons take the victim souls and drag them into houses and rape them and molest them. It's messy. It's brutal. There's no sleep for the victim's soul. No resting. No peace. Oh. He meets this guy named Sam Carr. Now, that's the one he throws a Molotov cocktail at his dog, the Black Labrador, which became famous after this. Anyway, he lives at 316 Warburton Avenue. He was the owner of the car's telephone answering service. He has three children, including a daughter named Wheat. Oh, Mr. Wheaties. There you go. John Wheaties. So huh. now, and, and Wheat is a 911 operator. Well, a Yonkers Police Department uh, operator. Like, huh. you know, 911, what's your emergency? Wheat. That's what she what does. What a fascinating first name. Yeah, it reminded me. I, I don't know what she looks like. but um, And she has actually threatened to sue the ultimate evil guy a lot. Oh, and b- wow. Before he died. Because, you know, here's her name being th- thrown out there. Mm-hmm. She probably had nothing to do with it. Now, she, Wheat, has threatened to sue the, the ultimate evil author, Maury Terry, because he believed, Maury Terry believes that Wheat was involved. Oh, but when I hear the word Wheat, I think of, you know, freckles and maybe a straw out of the mouth type of... Wheat out of the mouth. <laughs> wheat out of the mouth. I think of the cereal. Yeah. Yeah. So May 16th, 1976, he fills a bottle with red devil varnish remover and lights it on fire and throws a Molotov cocktail. It does not kill the dog Good. at all because the dog's actually the devil. You can't kill the devil like that. I'm oh, serious. Wow. Now, um, I thought our dog was the devil. Which yeah. one? <laughs> the newest. Oh, no. You'll have to fill me in. She's a little monster sometimes. She's sweet when she wants to be, but when she doesn't want to be, she is... Evil. Does she bite your ankles? <laughs> no. She doesn't bite your ankles, but she'll bite your hands. After he moves to Yonker Street is when he decides to go visit his dad and finally gives in to the demons. This is when he finally gives in. He goes to 
Texas to visit an army buddy who buys in the 44 caliber. He says, quote, in Houston, I just about gave up fighting them. I knew I couldn't possibly get away. They had a hold on you. I knew they'd be back strong when I got home, end quote. So was the gun registered in his name? Or no, his the gun was never. Uh, it was registered in his friend's mm-hmm. name, if it was even registered Got it. at all. Okay, so let's get on to one of these other murders, if you guys want to. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're going to talk about the murder of Christian Frund, F-R-E-U-N-D, a 26-year-old slender, dark hair, Vietnamese, not Vietnamese, uh, Viennese woman. She's from... Vienna. Vienna. Vienna, yeah. Viennese. Viennese. Viennese woman. Now, she lived in Austria until she was five, Catholic, very devout. She actually was working in Austria as a bilingual secretary. She was with her boyfriend, John Dial, D-I-E-L, and they were about to announce their engagement to the family in about two weeks. They go to the Continental Theater to see Rocky fight Apollo on Mm. Austin Street in Forest Hills in Queens. After that, this is late at night, they walk to the wine gallery. They leave the wine gallery 12, 10 a.m. They get into John Pontiac Firebird. They actually pass David Berkowitz as they're walking to the Firebird to get into the car. And they, they were like, who's this weirdo? Because he was like looking at him. And it says, uh, David says, quote, we passed each other. We almost touched shoulders, end quote. The voices then tell David to kill the female because, quote, Sam likes pretty girls and we do too, end quote. Mm. The couple decides to park at Station Plaza off Continental Avenue, right under the underpass there and what john dial remembers and i I have an interview of him on camera Mm. from like the 70s from late 70s so i'll put that on talkmore.com but what he remembers is kissing his girlfriend on the lips gently that's what he says he turns around puts his hand on the steering wheel and is about to put the car in first drive and leave and this is when he hears an explosion of shots the shots come through the passenger window. He heard his girlfriend, Chris, Kristen, scream. Two bullets hit her, once in the right temple and one in the neck. The third bullet hits the dashboard. This is what David Berkowitz says about that. I wanted to kill her. I aimed for her head, you know, quick and efficient. I guess practice makes perfect. I was able to control the gun physically. After walking up, I stood in front of the window, crouched slightly. I brought the gun up with two hands. I opened fire. Three shots were all I had to use. After I shot her, I began to run. I ran to my car. It was quite far away. The voices stopped. I had satisfied the demon's lust. Now, it's kind of crazy because when John Dial got out of his car, he runs in the street, completely bloody, Three people actually passed him and slowed down, but then took off. Luckily, one of those people called the police, but he could not get any help as his girlfriend sitting there bleeding out to death. He was running down Greenway Terrace towards Avenue. He was covered in blood and screaming, please, please call the police. As John gets back into the Firebird and he hears the sirens approaching. Now, Kristen is still alive. He hears the ambulance approaching. He recalls putting his forehead on hers while she, her head was lying on the dash of the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. Police actually had to tug him away from her Mm. because he was just, you know, 
couldn't believe it in shock. Mm. His forehead was on hers. She was dying, about to be dead. And her actual time of death was called at 4 a.m., so a few hours later. Now, this is when he starts, from my theory, to conserve his ammo, his ammunition. And if you watch the Netflix thing, the uh, theory there is the ammunition is a s- still forty four caliber, but it's completely different. Mm. However, that that's saying that he went to a local store and bought different ammunition. Either way. Can you do that? Can you put a different caliber yeah, into it? Yeah, no, not a different caliber, but he still bought four. So w- when you shoot someone with a bullet, they can tell who made the bullet type of thing with the ballistics, right? Right. So if it's a whoever the bullet manufacturers are, they can tell what manufacturer actually stamped the gunpowder in the bullet and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So the conspiracy theorists say that this wasn't the right ammunition. It wasn't the original one that he got with the gun in Texas is what I'm trying to say. It was different. Either way, he only fired three shots, which to me means that he's starting to conserve his ammo because he doesn't have an unlimited supply. Well, it's also, it'd probably be a, uh, like a, an alert if someone is buying 44 yeah. ammunition in the New York area. Well, the police actually wasted a lot. The, the police get a lot of shit for this case. A lot. And they actually wasted a large amount of manpower on tracking down everyone that owned a permit. Like a per, like a permit owner is going to go out and shoot someone with a, with a very rare... You need to go find people who have 44 cows. Exactly. Right? And who's bought 44 yeah, caliber ammunition exactly but i mean he got his in texas you know i mean right but so, that's at least a better start than just yeah. anyone who has a gun permit so the demons were not satisfied at all with this kill and he didn't sleep that night if you want to read this they kept needing blood and if i didn't give them more blood when they wanted it sam would have done something real bad like kill multitudes once i remember his demons were howling all night long and i didn't do anything the next day there was an earthquake where Turkey, I think. Hmm. Kind of crazy. Now, I have a question. Did they think about like the fact that the cult may have just been copycat killers? That's a really good question. Let me kind of let me squash this cult thing for the police and why they don't want to think anything of it. Even today, I mean not that it matters now because mm. all the cops are different now. Right. I mean, this is 40 years ago. But at the time, New York City was paralyzed. I mean, I'm talking it's not just the the six victims lives. Shops were going out of business. Okay, bars were going out of business. Discos were going out of business. Food in your local Bob's Burgers was rotting, (laughs) you know, because no one was leaving their apartment. Does that make sense? Yeah. New York was in a panic, a, a and no help by the media. They oh yeah, they flamed that fire. But <laughs> I'm sure. but what a serial killer! Ooh, this will yeah. really sell some so, papers. So what I'm trying to say is when because New York was technically shut down. No, I mean not shut down like COVID, but no one was going out. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of money being lost, and there's a lot of powerful people not okay with that, losing a lot of money. So, and what I'm trying to say with this is multiple theories or not, they don't want to hear it. They want to solve the case and say, okay, this guy, David Berkowitz, he did it. This dog told him to do it. You know, everyone go back to normal, start spending money. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm not for the conspiracy one way or the other, but if you look at the book, 
which, you know, the episode I pre- presented the first time, it was all based on David's psychosis, right? right? And then now it kind of makes sense, you know, blessed by the mayor and stuff like that, because they don't want to bring it up again, yeah. right? They mm-hmm. don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they got mm-hmm. their man case closed type of thing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? True. So they just wanted to start New York back up. That's all they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they devoted a lot of resources to this. So to answer your question... They probably did think about it, and a lot of a lot of cops probably knew that it was more than one shooter, or probably thought that. But they didn't even want to approach that question to the public because they wanted to catch the, especially a satanic cult. Holy shit! They wanted to catch this guy, this guy, and put all the blame on him, which they did. And and we'll get into it in a second. But David admitted there were other shooters. There were six people killed. Yet David got six life sentences consecutively. Mm. So he was the, he, he got the brute of the entire punishment. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. And I'm not saying he didn't kill them all. I'm, you know, I don't know, but I'm saying for the book's sake and for the mayor's sake and for New York's sake, they just wanted a, a conclusion and quick. Does that, does that make sense? Does yeah. that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. John turned in panic. A trickle of glistening blood ran from Christine's head through the soft, dark hair down the front of her coat. He put one hand on her head, as though to stop the flow of blood. It was warm and sticky. He pressed his other hand on the horn. He was crying in fright and shock. He called her name, and there was no answer. I'll put the uh, interview of John talking about it on TalkMer.com, but they initially thought this is before they linked the 44 caliber killer they thought this was john not not that he shot her but he was having an affair which he was with like a married woman and mm-hmm. the killer was related to that also to go back one second the city was spending ninety thousand dollars a day trying to catch this guy wow it's expensive uh, yeah that's like more than twice my salary yeah Jeez. I can totally see why the rest of the city would be kind of shut down. I mean, not officially, but if you like, you don't, you have so many cops dedicated to one case. Yeah. Like how, what was the crime rate like in the rest of the city? I mean, it's New York and and Brooklyn and freaking seventies. I mean, it's, there's still homicides. It's not good. yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of these victims were talking about, before they got shot, I mean, what were after Son of Sam came out? What were they talking about when they're sitting in the car making out? Oh, I hope Sam doesn't come up. And then there he is. Let's talk about two of the survivors here: Judy Placido, seventeen years old, and a new guy that she just met that night at the disco. His name is Sal Lupo. That's him right there, Sal oh, Lupo. Man. That's a great first date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was June 25th, 1977. The family had just celebrated Judy's graduation party. She graduated from St. Catherine's Roman Catholic Academy in the Bronx. She was about to enter Pace University. She was out partying with her friends, her girlfriends, and they decided to have an after party. About 9.30, they drive to Queens and a disco called the Elphus. Now, this goes into the conspiracy, which I'll briefly, briefly talk about uh, real quick. One of the conspiracy notes, this shooting was planned as far as the victims. 
And hmm. they believe it was planned because there are some links between the club, Alphas, and her name, Placido, Placida. How would it be pl- like she chose the disco? They knew that she was going to choose the disco. Oh, that seems silly. I'm going to quickly make the link right quick. So her name is Judy Placido. Now, she's a survivor along with Sal Lupo, the the uh, 20-year-old that she met that night. Mm-hmm. They meet at Alpha's, which is a club. Yeah. A disco. Now, here's a connection if you're a conspiracy theorist. After these two were shot, there was a letter found with some symbols on it. And I'll show you that letter in a second. But but they try to make the link that it has an origins with Alphas Levi, which the club is called Alpha. Mm-hmm. And Alphas Levi is an 18th century occultist. The signs were actually astrological signs from Mars, the god of war, and Venus, goddess of Roman sewers, who was also known as Placida. And remember, her name is Jody Placido. So that is kind of the uh, stretches they make with the ultimate evil. Hmm. That's kind of a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And that's why I don't really buy a lot of it, to be honest. But I just want to throw that in there. Judy says, quote, I picked that particular disco because I'd been there before. None of the girls feared the son of Sam because, and this is according to Judy, quote, he won't come out in weather like this. Mm. He likes clear nights. Interesting. End quote. Okay. Huh. It was also a false belief that he didn't shoot blondes, which he he definitely that, does. That was his like main target, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was brunettes. Oh, 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 oh. But that was just happenstance, and everyone went out and dyed, dyed their, their hair. hair blonde. Got it. Confused. Yeah, and Sorry. also not only dyed their hair blonde, but also cut their hair short because mm. he only likes, from what they thought, long brunettes. And this is the the fault of the media. I mean, the media is pushing this misinformation. So they're all drinking scotch and black Russians until 2.30 a.m. She meets this guy, Sal Lupo, and they start hooking up and decide to stay out. Now, they go on the opposite of 45 and 39th to 11th Street, and they are actually in the passenger seat talking about the son of Sam. Oof. It's ominous. And Judy says this. This is a quotation from her. All of a sudden, I heard echoing in the car. There wasn't any pain, just ringing in my ears. I looked at Sal and his eyes were open wide, just like his mouth. There were no screams. I don't know why I didn't scream. I'll never know why. I just didn't. Hmm. Sal actually said that somebody had thrown rocks at the window of the car. He had been hit in the right forearm. Now, they just met. Keep that in mind. They just met. He gets out of the car and books it, leaving her (laughs) in the car. I mean, Hi. that's, that's oh, maybe not an abnormal reaction. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just books it out of the car. He runs back to the club. But, I mean, you know, they don't know they're a shot. Also, just like yeah. Carl DeNaro, they go back to the bar. They thought the car exploded. This guy had to get a metal plate in his head. They thought the car exploded. What the fuck kind of car explodes? Maybe a Pinto or something, but... <laughs> They thought the car exploded. They go back to the bar, just like these, uh, just like this guy. He go, runs back to Elphus, which is a few blocks away. And he says, someone's been throwing rocks at the car, and my girlfriend, or this girl I met, is hit. Judy says this. Blood was all over me. I was injured near the temple and near the spinal cord in my right shoulder, yet I was able to run. 
One bullet had struck the back of her neck, tearing through and narrowly missing her spine. The second passed through the intersection of the shoulder and neck. The third struck her in the right temple and spun across her forehead, just beneath the skin, then stopped above her eye. No one can explain why she wasn't killed. Well, one possible reason which I found is because the the glass deflected it, which Mm -hmm. I believe that is the main reason for all the survivors. And actually, Captain Borelli... And I'll kind of uh, summarize his quote. He was one of the captains of the uh, Omega Task Force said, quote, due to the poor quality of the 44 Bulldog, which it is not known for its precision in aiming, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, what is a bulldog? It's just going to blah kind of thing. It's more like a shotgun and a pistol. Its trajectory is sometimes unpredictable. The shot that struck her in the right temple had lost a great deal of its force passing through the windshield of the car. That's why he believes that she wasn't killed. But luckily, she wasn't killed and he wasn't killed. Berkowitz shot and then ran back to his car. He makes a right turn onto 11th Street and gets in his car. Judy was shot three times, but she survived. She was more worried about police saying that she was using her girlfriend's ID because remember, she was 17. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Uh, you've been shot three times. You know, I don't think. By by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So and and she didn't know that she was shot until they actually took the bullet out of her head. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. That's amazing. Complete disbelief here. Um, You guys like this? Mm. Okay. um, Let me let's look at one of the other letters right quick and kind of compare. Do you do you guys remember what the first letter looked like? I remember yeah. it was super long. It was slanted. Woman. It was four pages long. Yeah. So let's look at the other letter that David Berkowitz wrote. Now, the, he wrote this to Jimmy Breslin, which was a, a, a reporter, okay, for the Daily News. Okay. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Laria, thank you. In their blood and from the gutter, Sam's creation, 44. Here are some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for use by NCIC. Which that is, a normal person is not going to know what that is. It's the, uh, it's a police jargon for some crime database. Hmm. The Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicker, the 22 Disciples of Hell. That's the cult, the satanic cult. John Wheaties, rapist and suffocator of young girls. So John Wheaties is Sam Carr, the the 60-something-year-old guy with the dog, the Black Labrador. P.S. J.B., please inform all the detectives working the slayings to remain. Let's talk about this conspiracy right quick. Mm-hmm. Here's the conspiracy. David Berkowitz was part of this 22 Disciples of Hell. Was he? That's a conspiracy. That's what he... He does not, even to this day... Say that he was. Say that he was. Or he doesn't talk about it, which is bullshit. Okay. Because if he's a born-again Christian, who cares? He's not getting out anyway. Right. And no one's going to mess with him. He's already gotten his throat slit once and survived. Oh, my God. Yeah, in prison. Huh. So... You know, he needs to come out and do the right thing because there's people that need closure, but he's not. So he claims there were other shooters. The conspiracy is this. And the ultimate evil is based off 35 years of research by this one guy. 
David Berkowitz was a foot soldier for the 22 Disciples of Hell, which was an offshoot of this cult called the Process Church, which were directly involved in the Manson murders. Okay. Okay. That is a fact. That and it's a real church, and that church is still around in some faction. Huh. But it and there's splinter groups of it as well. But that is documented. That is a real church that was involved in the Manson uh, slangs. Okay. okay. That the 22 disciples of hell were 22 people. Okay, including Sam Carr, which lived close to David, and. The reason David got the apartment in Yonkers, the 35 Pine Street, is because it was given to him. Mm-hmm. Now, Sam had two sons who were also foot soldiers. And they were also murdered after this happened. The conspiracy is this. Because why? who the fuck cares? Like, why would you want to shut down New York? Like, what, who cares? And the conspiracy is this. The church and this cult, satanic cult, which they were satanic. And there was, there's this one park where they would, it's still in New York. They would sacrifice people and animals. Mm -hmm. And there are claims of Satanists being in that area. Oh boy. And bodies claiming to be buried there. And And this is where it makes sense for a motive. They were in charge of bringing children into the organization for sex trafficking, which happens. Yeah. Look at Epstein. Okay. The people who are in charge, and he says one of the guys' name is Mr. Real Estate. He never really gave anything but aliases. Is someone really high up there? But even he's high up there, he's not even the top. These are billionaires and millionaires, the people that built New York City, that are pedophiles. Okay. And he talks about, in this book... There is a, a Nobel Prize winner professor that is also a convicted pedophile. He's actually in prison. Hmm. They would practice Satanism. David Berkowitz was involved in this. And he claims in this book, too, that he was practicing Satanism. And they would get these young children as, uh, not prostitutes, uh, sex slaves. They would mm-hmm. drug them. And, 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 and it was mostly boys. These Okay. These pedophile men, rich men, who were controlling all this, they they wanted young boys. And, okay. and that is the premise of the whole ultimate evil. The, the point of it being the guy was trying to research, and if there were more killers, then it, it definitely does have a link there. And I believe there's some validity to it. Because, I mean, if you look at Epstein, he was caught. You think Epstein by himself... Was just having sex with the young women. Fuck that. You know how many people are getting away? Rich fucking people. I mean, he was trafficking women, mm-hmm. but to who? To himself? Just having sex with these young women? No, dude. Nope. He was delivering he was hosting parties. And exactly. Stuff. It was a sex thing. It was a, a pedophilic sex thing, and that, and it's always been that that way. You know, probably since the beginning of time. But that was what this cult was based on. Hmm. Okay. They were delivering to. Um, the pedophiles, the rich pedophiles. So that is basically the thing. And that's why basically David Berkowitz took the, he was the fall guy. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. And he goes really deep. And the cars, which were involved, according to him, and that, that's in, who, this, in this conspiracy, 
they were um, they were never convicted or anything and no one looked into them that's the thing like the cops had their guy that's that's the problem with it like they, they never reopened the case and actually the the mayor did reopen the case for about eight weeks and it was shut down because they reopened it because they think there's more killers and it it does kind of seem like there is that is the premise of the ultimate evil so if you guys watch that then you'll see that and the guy that wrote it goes way deep into it and he makes connections that just aren't there there you know that aren't there and and it's he stretches a lot of it but some of it is pretty uh titillizing hmm. all right guys so i think we're kind of running out of time here so i want to briefly go over the last murder of Stacy Moskowitz. And the reason I want to go over that one is because we actually have the death photo of that one because when she was shot, she was expected to live. So there was press shooting photos and everything else. And I'll put these on talkmur.com, but you can see the damage done with this photo here. So can you see that um, mm. how her face looks right there? Yeah. So she was shot. Was she, was she shot in the nose? Yeah, she was shot right in the face. Oof. She was actually expected to live, which is why they have these photos out. And it wasn't until the last minute where she passed away. Wow. So this was the last murder, and it was on August 1st, 1977. She was 20 years old. She was out with her boyfriend, Bobby. So after the movie, Bobby finds a parking space, and they're on Bay 17th Street. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, par- a park. Overlooking, this is one thirty-two in the morning. In fact, there is a a witness that comes forward. She was walking her dog at this late at night. She uh-huh. had just got back from whatever, and she was walking her dog. She actually sees David Berkowitz walk past her, oh, so she oh, is wow. a witness. Yeah, and there was another witness too. It was Tommy Zano and his date. So, so here's what happens: Stacy and Bobby they pull into this little parking area mm-hmm. right by this park and they're parked under a street lamp uh-huh then stacy wants to as a passenger she wants to actually move the car away from the light because she doesn't want to get seen by i mean she's worried that her parents will see her and stuff like that uh-huh. i mean because he was driving a, a corvette i believe and 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 they they knew that car so she was worried about someone that she knows seeing her so they parked into a space that was not lit at all. Mm-hmm. Just a few minutes later is when the next witness, Tommy Zeno and his girlfriend pull up in that spot that they were just in. So they actually see the murder happen. It's just happenstance that David Berkowitz mm-hmm. decided to shoot wow. Stacy and her boyfriend instead of this couple, uh, this, this other couple. And here's one of the, Things that go on to the conspiracy side because Tommy Zeno provides the sketch artist with one set of details. Mm-hmm. And then the woman, there was a random woman walking. She provides a sketch artist with completely different details of who it is. So you can and this is mm-hmm. the conspiracy here is that David doesn't do the murders alone. OK, he he's at the murder scene, but so is to other people there and one of the the ways that he gets away so easily is because they have safe houses and everything else mm. 
And anyway, that's down the conspiracy road. This is actually when David gets caught because do you know how he gets caught? No. He actually parks really close by here and he gets a parking ticket. Oh. So just. Right just, after this murder? No, before. And the conspiracy here, if you if you read The Son of Sam and Me, mm-hmm. this is the one that the timeline doesn't add up. So the guy that got shot that wrote The Son of Sam and Me, uh-huh. the more conspiracy book, he believes David wasn't even in the area when this happened because he gets a parking ticket and then David goes and tells the other two shooters that they got to call it off. But this was already a planned hit. So David could not convince them to call it off. So David leaves hoping they would call it off anyway. And they didn't. Hmm. But anyway, no matter who shot through the window, we do know that Stacy was hit point blank range. And so was her boyfriend, which is blind now. He's blind. Uh, but he lived. Wow. But yeah, he lived. Wow. Jesus. I mean, the, the the thing about the different sketches, though, memory is fickle and, you know, you could be influenced pretty easily if someone said something about someone's appearance. It's going to sway how you give a description. Yeah. But the, it is crazy how they're so the sketches are wildly different for all the sketches that there were of him. Yeah, they are different. And in one sketch or in one witness... And I can't remember which one told the sketch artist that it was a blonde haired man. Hmm. Now, now these aren't a lot of these witnesses that provide sketches. They're providing sketches for people that were in the area as well. A lot of and there's hardly no one that actually sees the shots taking right, place. Right. They just see so people they're just running. See someone, yeah. Yeah. So it could exactly. just be a passerby. Exactly. And anyway, this is another photo of Stacy. Oh, wow. You can see the damage. And she was expected to live. She actually lasted about 36 hours wow. on the operating table. Wow. But she uh, she died at the, the last minute. Now, uh, her boyfriend, Robert, or Bobby, he was shot in the head as well. Jeez. And now he's blind. But he didn't get killed. Wow. So Stacy was the sixth and last victim. And this is also when... David gets the parking ticket. And I'm going to show you a photo of the parking ticket now. I'll put this on talkmore.com. It's, it's extremely interesting to see this. So he's issued a parking ticket before the murder. Like the same night, are you saying? Or like li- yeah, earlier the, no, that Yeah, the week? very same night. Oh. Yeah, so he's double parked. Okay, okay. And yeah, so right here is the parking ticket. And I'll put this photo on talkmore.com. Wow. That is crazy. So you see, what a piece of history that is. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the cop that actually wrote the ticket. You know he, this wasn't a detective or anything. He was just writing a parking yeah, yeah. ticket, and just it was so lucky that he did. Even though the the cops, both of the cops that wrote this ticket, they denied writing it. And hmm. there's been a lot of speculation on why they did that, but I That's believe weird. it's because they didn't want to be cast in the spotlight. Oh, they, they're like, oh, it wasn't me. Someone else wrote yeah, it. Yeah, so they they said they didn't write it. Well, when they, they have when a they, signature they, on I, it. I know, but <laughs> they, they wanted to, I guess, uh, not be in the spotlight. But And, and it says white, but it's, it's a, a yellow Ford. So how did they, so the parking tickets issued, how did they then know they had the Son of Sam on their hands? Well, because... Well, they didn't, and this is how he gets caught. They, He's running back to the car, or uh, no? So 
is is actually really interesting, and this is one of the things I don't think the New York detectives want people to know. But with all this Omega Task Force and ninety thousand dollars being spent a day, and I mean there were instances where a detective would sit in a car at two a.m. in the morning with a a mannequin by his side with a wig on, and it's very dangerous. I mean, because you know the son of Sam could just come and shoot. Mm-hmm. But they they were sitting in cars with mannequins. They did all this stuff, spent all this money, and the people that actually brought him to justice were just two beat cops. Two wow. beat cops that have nothing to do with the case. And the reason they got wind of David Berkowitz is because uh, Sam Carr, mm-hmm. you remember he was yep. literally throwing Molotov cocktails at his dog. Right. And the Casaras. Yeah. The Casaras, and we didn't get into all this because it could be way too long, but they were getting letters, very angry letters. From Sam. From Sam. And well, they were David Berkowitz. Sorry. Yeah, I can't. From, from David Berkowitz. <laughs> Sorry. But one of the letters said um, f- from to the Casaras was, it's you that make me that makes me go out at night and it's you that I do the bidding for and stuff like that. Just mm. like very creepy. And, and do the, does the handwriting match like the letters yeah, from the cops? Yeah, letters, they, they, those do match. Yeah. One, one other letter really doesn't match, but uh-huh. those do match. So these B cops were actually investigating David Berkowitz, not as a son of Sam. And there was other things, too, like the uh, the Casaras. David had shot their dog and they David killed two dogs and one of them, the Kassar's dog, they uh, they actually had to leave the bullet in his face like forever. Poor thing. Because if they take it out, he'll die. But they were investigating David for that. So they were going to get him for animal cruelty, cruelty, whatever. And then. That is when they started getting the wind, you know, wind of this guy is like, wait. This it sounds so much like this guy that you know everyone's scared of the son of wow. Sam. Then they went and found this parking ticket, and it was, I mean, it was a match. And the re, and how they actually got him because they they couldn't. He could have completely got away with all of this because uh-huh. there was really no proof. All you got to do is, you know, dump the gun somewhere, mm-hmm. and he knew that. Yeah, but the detectives they. Once they got wind that David Berkowitz may be the son of Sam, they were outside of his apartment on in Yonkers, 35 mm-hmm. Pine Street. And through his car window, one of the detectives saw what he said was a machine gun. Now, I, I couldn't find anything else about that specifically. It may have been just a rifle, but that gave him enough leeway, I guess, to... To actually act and arrest David Berkowitz, because you can't just go arrest someone because you think he may be the son of Sam, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. You got to have real legit proof. And then once they arrested him, I I, uh, I, let's read the um, let's read what he said right quick when he was arrested, because this is really interesting. All right. So the detective that arrested him, this is the actual conversation uh, quoted from how the arrest goes down. This was right in front of his apartment. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the detective is John Falatico, Falatico or whatever. And everyone wants to be a part of this arrest, obviously, because as soon mm-hmm. as he's arrested, guess what? Now all the cameras come out. Mm-hmm. But this is the exact conversation he has. 
the detective says, freeze, I'm the police, end quote. And then David says, hello. And he says it really calmly to the detective. And then the uh, detective says, who are you? David says, you know who I am. No, you tell me who you are. And then David Berkowitz says, quote, I'm Sam, end quote. And right after that, they knew they got their man. And and actually, I have I actually have a newspaper from the arrest from the uh, the the New York Post. I, I can put a picture on talkmer.com and it says captured in red letters. I actually got the newspaper, uh, one of the newspaper copies. But at the time, that newspaper sold when he was arrested an extra four hundred thousand dollars on the day of his arrest. Wow! And then the Daily News sold over two point two million copies. So, I mean, everyone was relieved. So you can see why they don't want to hear about a conspiracy or right, other shooters. Right, or man. any other one. Yeah. They're, they're done. We, we did Case that. Closed. Yeah, so, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the story. Obviously, I didn't get there's some other victims uh, I didn't get to, including uh, two two women that survived that were shot as they were trying to get into their apartment. So oh, wow. this was not even in a car. Oh, wow. And uh, one victim who was shot as she was walking, she actually put her school books in front of her face and the bullet penetrated wow. the books and, and it killed her almost <gasps> instantly. So those the books didn't stop her. No, no, no. Wow. So but this is, you know, I, I could do more episodes on this, obviously. Yeah. And, and with this episode, I didn't really want to, but we kind of got down the conspiracy road a bit. But that's the story of the son of Sam, and it may be a little different from the Netflix if you watch that, but just keep in mind that's more conspiratorial based. Yeah. And this is more about how the general populace received the story of David Berkowitz. So fascinating. Yeah. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I got some great stories coming up, so make sure you subscribe to Talk Murder Me. And until next time, my name is John, and, and good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>